All right, hey, it's me, John Park, and welcome to John Park's workshop. I am excited to have you here today, and uh, we're going to kick things off on this 808 day uh, by throwing this thing up here. It is Circuit Python Day. How about that? Huh? Uh, whoa, where'd I go? It is Circuit Python Day. Uh, and there are some exciting things going on on CircuitPython Day. Uh, first of all, I believe there are community events going on all over the place, so check your local uh, hackerspaces, makerspaces for things like that. Um, also, we've got a live stream at 7 o'clock Eastern Time tonight with Katni, who is going to be uh, uh, playing her keynote uh, speech she did, or talk. Is it a keynote? I can't remember if it's a keynote. I think it's a keynote. Um, great talk. I just watched it the other day. I really encourage people to check it out. Uh, it was from Pi, Ohio, and she's going to be playing that and I believe also uh, manning the, uh, the chat. And uh, I'm checking my notes here because we also have uh, at 8 o'clock, yeah, it was a keynote. There's my note. Uh, at 8 o'clock, Scott and Lady Ada and Mr. Lady Ada are going to be doing a history of CircuitPython live stream. Um, so please go check that out. Um, and I'm actually going to also mention that if you uh, head to the store, I believe for any uh, orders over $49, we're going to be giving away a uh, CircuitPython ruler. And uh, the CircuitPython ruler is super excellent. I, I just got one the other day, although I got a red one, and now there's a purple one. So, so what am I to do? Um, how many colors are we going to do? Do you want to collect them all? So the uh, CircuitPython ruler is both a uh, helpful engineering ruler, uh, particularly for circuit board layout, because it has the uh, pad sizes and values and things for a lot of um, parts, both, I believe, through-hole and definitely uh, surface mount parts. Uh, and it's a functional trinket M0. So it's, uh, you can plug it right into USB and uh, off you go. It's also got some capacitive touchpads on it, so you can use it as a keyboard or, or other input device, which is wild. And I believe there's a, a setup when you plug it in that'll allow you to uh, use the Unicode characters uh, just by hitting the omega sign and the pi sign, and I forget what the other one is. Um, so. $49 in the store, and I believe you'll get that for free on your checkout. So, uh, pretty cool. Now, let's see. What else have we got? Uh, we have this. This is our help wanted sign. And uh, if you'll bear with me real quick, I'm going to try to fix one of my... Uh, oh, you can see the black hole if you want. Here, let's fix that. It's more interesting that way. Uh, let me change the source on this thing so that it's my uh, Firefox session. How about that? This is how you know. This is live and not pre-recorded because look at these mistakes. All right, um, that's the one. All right, yeah, there we are. So, uh, jobs board I mentioned. Check out this. This is a new one I just saw uh, on the jobs um, Adafruit.jobs or jobs.adafruit.com, and this is a makerspace technology creative instructor position at Tech Ahoy, uh, which is a nonprofit community space in Queens slash Brooklyn border. That sounds really interesting. So go check that out. Uh, you can do so by heading over to jobs.adafruit.com where it is free to post jobs and it is free to post your uh, resume and info if you're looking for work. 
Uh, all right. So what else do we have? Uh, we have a coupon code. Remember I mentioned going to the store. Well, 10% off in the store if you use today's coupon code, which is CODFISH. Um, CODFISH will get you 10% off in the store on anything you want to buy other than software, gift certificates, and subscriptions. And speaking of things that you might want to get in the store with your 10% 10 off, uh, my product of the week pick is this three and a half inch TFT Featherwing. Uh, this thing is really cool. In fact, I'm going to jump over to my overhead and uh, let's go to the big one. There we go. I still have the wrapper, the, the uh, screen protector on here. Uh, but this is a ginormous TFT that is a feather wing. So you can plug a feather right into it. I've got this running on a feather, I think that's an M0. Uh, no, M4, I can see it on the screen there. Feather M4 um, running circuit Python. And this is using, uh, actually I checked out a tutorial that Melissa had put up. Uh, about using it, and I don't have much of an interesting demo on here right now, but uh, huge, cool display. So if you're looking to um, use a Feather M4 or M0, or probably most of our Feathers, uh, along with a big screen for some readouts of some kind, or whatever you can imagine, uh, that's a great choice. So that's my pick of the week right there. It's the uh, three and a half inch TFT Featherwing. Uh, and let's see. What else? Oh, I wanted to mention, I had, I had in the news mentioned that, of course, it is our uh, CircuitPython day because today is 8-8. Eight, eight. Um, but it's also 808 day. You can see I've, I've got my shirt on to match uh, for the uh, uh, 808, TR808 from Roland, drum machine that revolutionized hip hop and lots of uh, pop and electronic music. And today's 808 day as well, so go play some beats. That's why I programmed those beats uh, that we heard at the top of the show. Uh, and now it's time to get into a little thing I like to call the Make Code Minute. All right, so give me a second to set up here because testing something new today where I can actually hear uh, the output of the uh, MakeCode session. Let me keep this from banging around. Uh, so let's grab the Chrome browser here. Okay, so what I wanted to talk, what I wanted to talk about today in the MakeCode Minute is how to use the brand new melody block to create tunes inside of MakeCode Arcade. Uh, up until now, there's been uh, some one block at a time methods where you could play notes, but now there's this little sequencer in here. So I grabbed this in music, and now you can see there's melody, play melody, cute little icon there, and it is an eight-step sequencer. So uh, I've set the BPM here to 240, and I've laid in some notes, and you can actually preview your notes. So. Okay, so you get this little octave. And uh, now I've gone in and programmed something so I can hit play and uh, it's great because you can test it as you go. And uh, then to play a little more interesting thing, I've actually got some polyphony going. So I've got two notes going on at a time with these forever loops. So I'll go ahead and hit play and uh, check it out. 
And that is how you can create tunes and make Code Arcade using the melody block. Where'd I go? Hey. Uh, all right, so now what I wanted to jump into is the Make Code Arcade Game of the Week. So I'm going to bring up my Chrome browser again, and I'm excited about this one. Uh, this one is called Trogdor Endless Burnination. Uh, and I didn't remember this at first, but this is actually a, a meme from uh, uh, Homestar Runner. Strong Bad was a character in the uh, web cartoon Homestar Runner, and he taught you how to draw a dragon called Trogdar. And uh, this is a game called Trogdar Endless Burnination by Dragon Mountain Design, uh, who is probably uh, some sort of dragon kin of Phil B. That's my guess. Uh, so if you check this out, um, Let's see, can I go, yeah, let's, let's look at the game. So I'm going to go to the simulator here. Trogdar Endless Burnination. And it starts, and now you can use your uh, arrow keys to move Trogdar around, and your goal is to eat villagers and burn down huts by shooting fireballs. Oh, I so that's how, that's the basic gameplay of Trogdar, Endless Burnination. Um, and now I wanted to take a look at something I thought was uh, nice, the way he uh, used this sort of randomizer in the code to determine which object is going to be flowing from left to right. So you can see there are these knights that uh, you can burn but don't eat. There are these huts that you can burn. Uh, there's spears you want to avoid. And there are the little helpless peasants that you want to... Uh, eat or burn. Um, and so what, uh, what he's doing in this block is on game update, every half a second, there is a variable called choice, which is set to a random value between one and four. And then these if choice else 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 statements here uh, decide based on whichever of those random numbers is picked, which particle or projectile is going to be sent across the screen with the character sprite or the, the weapon or the house. Um, and so I thought that was a really nice, um, simple and clear way to set up a sort of random choice without uh, making it complicated or using the percent uh, blocks. Instead, it's just going to pick a random number and you're going you're gonna to get a dice roll as to which character comes across the screen. So uh, that is my game pick of the week, Trogdor Endless Burnination. Okay, um, let's see. I'm going to check in on the chat because it's always nice to see how people are doing over there. Uh, hey, C. Grover is in. He's saying my voice levels are peaking at minus 8 dB. Maybe we can crank that up a little bit. Let's see. Yeah, that looks really low. I wonder why. Oh, let me turn that. Yeah, I'm turning knobs. All right, hopefully that, that works out for us. Um, and so let's see. Oh, game sounds were much louder than my voice. Thanks for letting me know. Sorry about that, Mr. Certainly. I hope that that was at all audible. Could you hear it? Do you want me to redo it? Because I'll redo it if that's, if that's not audible since I'm going to be uh, breaking off a, a make code minute. Let me know. Otherwise, I'll just re-record it later. Uh, Mr. Certainly is typing. Oh, I should show you guys the chat while I'm talking to the chat. 
That's rude of me. There you go. Um, we're all waiting on the three dots. The three dots of Mr. Certainly typing. Ansi Grover. All right. What's the verdict going to be? Do we re-record that? We may never know. You guys are typing a lot. Of course, with the lag, you probably never heard me ask that question. And there are just puns coming. Oh, we can hear you okay. Okay. Cool. Thank you. All right. So uh, moving on then, I had a couple of... Actually, I had one other quick thing I wanted to show. Let's uh, switch over here for a second to my workbench uh, before we get to the project of the week. So let me move that out of the way. And then we'll go right into the project of the week. How about that? So um, I've been doing my best to learn uh, Eagle CAD for uh, developing circuit boards. And one of the things I was testing with was a really simple board, but just to, to try to get the steps down and uh, get the PCBs made uh, at Osh Park, I made a little breakout board for our 45 millimeter uh, potentiometer sliders, slide pots, faders. Um, so this is uh, not breadboard friendly unless you bend the wires out. You can, you can do it, but it's a, a bit tricky sometimes. Uh, so I just wanted to break out all those pins and I, I got this upside down. It was, a, it was a bottom of the board footprint I used on the top of the board. But luckily I can uh, just place these on the bottom of the board and it works out just fine. So there you can see. That's what it'll look like. I can gang up a bunch of these on here. So you saw a couple weeks back I did a uh, NeoPixel color picker using the bigger sliders and uh, some cardboard, I think, or some wood. I didn't, yeah, I used some wood. Uh, I didn't mount them on a, on a board. I just soldered directly to them. But this allows all these to break out onto pins, which uh, is pretty helpful. So having fun with that, and I just wanted to show that because I think it's a, uh, a useful um, thing to think about if you're going to use those um, Slide potentiometers is maybe you want to make a breakout board of some kind, or you can you can hand do it. You can send them off to get them get them made. Um, so next thing is let's go into our project of the week, and I'll slide into it starting with these. So these are some cranks for our rotary encoders, and let me grab a rotary encoder real quick so I can show you the bare element and uh, what I'm using it for. So this is. Let me switch cameras again for you. Focus. So this is one of our rotary encoders that we sell. And uh, it's an endless encoder, meaning it, unlike a potentiometer, it doesn't, doesn't stop. Oh, it's really liking that blue. It's trying to zoom in on that blue. Uh, always trying to guess what the Sony autofocus algorithm is, is up to. So uh, this allows us to measure um, values going up or going down or left to right, as well as it's a push encoder, so it has a little clicker on there. And uh, when the Playdate um, game machine was announced a few months back, uh, people started adding cranks to small handheld gaming devices, and uh, we did it too. The Ruiz brothers came up with a really nice case design and some crank designs for uh, attaching these to a uh, Pi badge and a Pi gamer. Uh, and so my project is using that, but the fact that we now have rotary encoder support, it's, it's uh, inside of MakeCode Arcade, um, meant I wanted to give that a try in MakeCode Arcade. So um, what I wanted to do is make a fishing game, which uh, 
Lamore suggested, which is a really natural one for a rotary encoder. And so that you're not sitting there twisting this with your fingers, I wanted to use one of the cranks. This is uh, one of the designs that uh, Pedro made. It's a print in place. And you can see here it fits on the end and it turns the potentiometer for you. Excellent design. And uh, there's these two pieces that actually are separate models that have a little gap between them in the 3D model, which means when they print on the printer bed like that, they're actually uh, separate from each other. And so you get this captive piece, which is awesome. Um, since I was going to be doing some fishing instead of just a general use, I wanted to uh, extend uh, the uh, crank out a bit longer and I gave it a little curve just for style mostly uh, and a, a little shape on the end there. And so this is the design I came up with uh, to use for the fishing crank. And you could, you could go and, and add one on the other side. A lot of uh, fishing reels have that, that feature um, so that you can break it with your hand, I, I suppose. Um, so that is the crank I'm using on the rotary encoder. And I've got the case here that the Ruiz brothers made, and you can see how it fits in there really nicely. Uh, there's a cutout. There's also a case top that I'm not using on here just because I liked the way it looked seeing the guts and, uh, and the face of this board. I really like showing off the silk screen on this board. It's a beautiful one. Um, so you can see this um, rotary encoder uh, is wired and there are wires running underneath and into the feather headers that are on the back side of the board. And if you check out the Ruiz Brothers uh, Learn Guide on this, it shows you exactly how to set it up. Um, I'm using analog pins two and three. So there's two analog pins which are red, or there's two pins which are red on the, on the board. Um, and then there's a, a ground connection and there's also a switch connection for this push button. So, um, Let's have a look. I think this might be a, a good camera, actually. To It's a little better than my down shooter for this uh, lighting. Um, so I can show you how the game works. So uh, what happens is I want to be able to first, if you see that uh, hook there. In fact, you know what? Let me, let me show you it on screen. It's a little hard to simulate because of the rotary encoder. Um, so let's jump over to this make code session and jump into my final tab. So since the rotary encoder is in use and the digital pins are in use, it's difficult to use the simulator. So what I've done is I've set up a debugger um, that takes those um, out of, of the program. Uh, I don't think I have D-pad working anymore. I, I, I did at one point and now I've broken it. Um, oh, do I? Maybe I do. Let's restart that. No, it's doing a weird thing when I hit up. Oh, I know why. It's trying to cast it. Okay. But here you can see the, the basic game. So I did um, a couple little sprites for fish and then I have this line and a hook. That guy's probably going to get caught. Yep. Um, and you'll see fish go by sort of slowly. Um, left and right, let's, let's hit A and it'll, it'll want us to recast and, and I don't, uh, let's see, I might be able to recast, no. Uh, so you'll see fish coming on both sides and um, I painted a little background there. Uh, I've also created a foreground layer and all this is, uh, you can see that top fish is actually kind of out of the water a little bit 
And uh, when I show you on the real game, you'll see uh, when I reel a fish up, it'll come out of the water. Um, so the way I'm doing this is MakeCode Arcade doesn't offer alpha channels or transparency or partial opacity. Um, so what I've done is I've set up a checkerboard pattern, um, also called dithering, of the light blue and the, um, the transparent blocks. So it's either fully transparent or it's fully blue fully light blue. And then the background behind it is a similar pattern, but offset by one pixel in each, uh, each axis. So that gives us a little bit of movement on the fish, which was uh, accidental, but kind of cool. It looks a little like they're swimming or some distortion under the water. Um, but the, the nice thing is that it allows me to have them behind a layer. And so I'm using Z depth to do this. Um, so if we look at uh, the code here, I'm gonna, I can show you I don't know how well you'll be able to see these. So this is the background. And so you can see the water I painted in there does have um, two tones of blue. And then this is the partially visible, let me try to zoom in there, uh, checkerboard pattern. Can I, oh, I can't get, that's uh, too zoomed to see. Sorry about that. Okay, so this, you can see the sort of um, background through this. So you can tell that that's checkerboarded. And uh, the way I did this is actually uh, maybe a little bit painful, but uh, I actually went into the JavaScript editor and copied uh, a line of a smaller uh, image, and then I hand used the zero and the nine, which are the transparency color and the light blue. And then I just kind of copied and pasted lines until I had something that worked. Uh, it was just, for whatever reason, a little more convenient in this case versus going out to another piece of software and using the asset tool to import it. Um, so don't forget, you can go over to JavaScript and edit images as well. Um, so let's uh, take a look at actual gameplay on the overhead uh, over here for a second. And so the essential gameplay that I wanted to use is I have this crank for reeling in the fish. And then we've also got an accelerometer built onto the Pi Gamer. So um, a lot of fishing games and a real fishing rod, you will um, lock the reel with a trigger of some kind or a button. And then you'll pull back, you'll cast and release the um, trigger when it's time to, to, to lock it. Uh, do I have that right? I think I have that right. Uh, Hold it, cast it out, and then and then lock it. Yeah, so you'll let go as you're casting it out, and then you'll lock it. Um, so that determines how far it'll go, and then it'll drop. So what I'm using uh, to to set this is the down arrow. So it's it's the down on the on the thumbstick or the D-pad if you're on a pie badge. So when I do that, you'll see the hook disappears. Let's see if I can get in even closer. Nope, that's as close as I can get. All right. Um, so the hook disappeared because it's waiting for me to pull back and then cast. And I let go, and you can see it's dropped down there now. And it picks a, a bit of a random X. So now I'm going to um, raise my fish up with this crank. And you can see there's a little uh, message. It says, good, too slow. Ah. So this is allowing me to have a little bit of gameplay where you have to roll uh, the, the reel in, or crank the reel in, at the right rate, like you're fighting a fish in the water. You can't pull too hard, or you can't go too weak or it'll, it'll swim off. Um, so what I'm doing is I'm testing, and I got some great help from uh, Joey at the Microsoft MakeCode team. He helped me out last, late last night. It's like, how about this? And he, he came up with a really great uh, succinct method 
of testing the rate that I'm cranking at, and then if I'm outside of the bounds uh, going too fast, it'll, it'll warn me you're going too fast, too low, it'll warn you too low. And then I have a little counter that's checking how many times we end up with one of those messages. If uh, we're out of bounds 20 separate times, then the, you lose the fish. It says that one got away, and now I have to uh, hit A to clear that message, and it starts me over again. So we'll cast again. Hello. There it is. <laughs> it's a little hard to cast and try to stay in, in camera. Uh, so now I'm waiting on a fish. And there are certainly a lot of things you can do in a fishing game that I haven't done here, like maybe shake to set the hook would be cool. All right, here we go. So as long as I go at a, con uh, a consistent rate now, it's saying good. Oh, too fast, good, too slow, good, good. Oh, it, that one got away, so I was, I, I was close. All right, let's try it again. All right. That one got away again. Okay, I swear I'm gonna, I'm gonna catch one of these. It's my own game. <laughs> All right. That one got away again. Okay. <laughs> I need to tune this. So, so uh, great thing about it being a, a make code game is you'll be able to go in and set uh, how hard it is. I've made it a little too hard now. I was getting this good before, but it's when I had my reading glasses on and I could see the too slow or too fast message a little bit better. Um, oh, I'm sorry. I'm getting out of screen. All right. We'll try it one last time. Let me, let me grab some glasses because uh, I'm determined for you to experience the awesomeness of catching a fish in this game. Uh, all right. Here we go. Is everyone ready? I'm ready. All right, here we go. Try to catch. All right, it's going to be this guy. Here we go. It said that one got away. Maybe I've got an error in the code now. Darn, okay. Um, so when it does, let me show you what happens. Uh, we can take a look at the, at the code over here. Game is just too darn hard. Uh, so let me switch here and there, okay. Um, so I've got, you'll see, I've got a bunch of comments here. And actually, I'll close this for a moment. So you can see a little more space. Let me zoom out. Um, so I'm using comments in this to make it easier for me to know what I'm doing uh, with different blocks. And for anyone who looks at the, the code, you can um, right click on any block and click Add Comment. Uh, I don't know why it put the comment. Whoa, I'm going to do that. It put the comment block far away. Where's that? There it is. Um, so this is a comment associated with this uh, debugger. So I can say, um, when debug is off. And then you can minimize that, and it just collapses it into this little bubble here. Um, and these show up in JavaScript as uh, sort of regular comments like you'd expect with, a, I think, a hash uh, pound sign in front of them. Um, or is it slashes? I can't remember in JavaScript. Uh, OK, so if I had one. If I had gotten a fish up, uh, this is the message block that we would get. It'll say, you caught it. This one weighs, and then I'm picking a random value between 2 and 18 pounds. Could be a little 
mediumish fish to a pretty darn nice big fish, and it says nice. Um, so let's see what else is interesting to talk about in here. Um, the basic flow of things, the way I'm the way I'm setting things up is um, in extensions. You won't see them here because I've already added them, but I've added the controller extension. And controller extension adds the crank. Uh, and then I'm also adding the feather extension. And the feather extension adds the pin definitions that I need. Uh, so in the beginning of my on start block, I, if my debugger is off, then it's going to set these uh, two pin definitions that I need. One is the pull pin, and that's uh, how I'm using the, the button. I'm using pin 9 as a pull down, or rather pull up uh, resistor pin for checking a button press. And then the crank pin, this set crank pin, this comes out of, uh, if we look in the controller block options, down at the, at the bottom here we have these two uh, new ones. This is a fairly new extension, which are crank position, which is the value, the sort of raw value we're getting out of uh, the rotary encoder, and then set the crank pin A and B to, and then you get to choose the pin. Uh, so if we look at the choices here, we get the uh, LED pin, uh, the uh, serial data, serial clock, um, the UART, is that UART? I think that is. Uh, RXTX, and then all of the pins that you'd expect on the back of a feather, A0 through 5, and D1 through, what, 13. Uh, and D2 and 3 are sort of special request ones we asked Microsoft team to put on for us, which are the um, two JST connector pins in the bottom of the uh, Pi Badge and the Pi Gamer that you can also use. So that sets the um, two pins that are going to be read by the crank block, and... If I zoom over to when I'm reeling in a fish, you can see I've got uh, a bunch of math blocks around this, but essentially I'm taking the crank position um, directly off of the rotary encoder. That gives me a, a number. And for some things, you may just use it directly. I actually wanted to reverse the direction of the crank, so you, you crank in the reel by, by going forward rather than backwards, which was the default. So I'm... Um, multiplying it by negative one. I'm also removing the previous crank position because when we catch the fish, it's way up here and then I want to pop it down below. Uh, so I need to offset it. Uh, crank scaling, I'm actually making you go around uh, four times for every, uh, or rather I'm, I'm making you crank four times more than you would by default so we move up the screen slower. So you could make it so it takes tons and tons of, of uh, rolling to, to get that up. Um, and then most of the other stuff is fairly uh, straightforward as far as sprite usage, um, sprite collisions, the types of things we've done in a lot of MakeCode arcade games. Uh, this is the part that Joey helped me with, which is on a game update every 150 milliseconds, if I have this variable caught, so if there's a fish who's actually been caught and is on the hook, and I know my, my word there isn't quite great because we actually haven't caught him yet, he's just taken the ride up the, up the line. Uh, then I start testing the current crank position against the past crank position every 150 milliseconds. So if that's uh, greater than 5 and less than 10, then that's good. 
Um, that's the rate, the rate I should be going at. If it's greater than or equal to 10, I'm going too fast. And you can see here this change fight counter. So the fight counter is the one that I set to, I think, 20 uh, is the limit. So when we get to 20 is when, when we fail to get the fish. Uh, same with going less than 5 uh, on, the, on the crank speed. So that'll say that we're going too slow. Um, and this is the little output. So that is the basic uh, flow of the, uh, the fishing game on MakeCode Arcade. And I think it's uh, really pretty cool that we can build that sophisticated of a, of a controller input uh, and gameplay on our, uh, our Pi Gamer or Pi Badge inside of MakeCode Arcade. Um, and so with that, uh, that just about wraps us up. Uh, I'll mention again our coupon code for the day is CODFISH, and that will get you 10% off in the store. Uh, also, don't forget, because it is Circuit Python Day, you can get yourself a free Pi Ruler by spending $49 uh, or more. You don't have to be exact about it, but no less in the Adafruit store. Go pick up some cool stuff. Uh, and let's see, with that, I think that's going to do it. So I will thank you again so much. And please tune in uh, to see Katni's keynote, excuse me, Katni's keynote talk live stream tonight. Uh, she's live streaming the pre-recorded uh, event from Pi Ohio at 7 o'clock Eastern Time, and then at 8 o'clock Eastern Time, tune in to see Scott and Lady Ada and PT talk about the history of Circuit Python. And uh, I thank you so much for stopping by. This is John Park for Adafruit Industries, and I'll see you, see you later.